town has a story. Businesses, organizations, and people all helped make up that story. I'm Jessica Gunn with the Clarksville Johnson County Chamber of Commerce, and I'm here to explore those stories straight from the sources, learn their journeys, and inspire others to make similar quests. This is a great opportunity to get some insight on our community and its businesses. So thanks for joining me to know your roots. Thank you guys for joining me today. Today I have Cindy Lamphere with Cam Inc. Um, she is here today to discuss the, the misconceptions that we have about manufacturing, also to talk a little bit about her history and how their company got started. Um, so here we go. Hi, Cindy. How are you today? Hey, good. How are you? Good. So I guess kind of branching into that history. So where did Cam Inc. come from? Cam Inc. Uh, and what does it born, stand for? It stands for Custom Automated Manufacturing. Okay. okay. And it completely and thoroughly describes what we do. We do custom manufacturing. We do custom equipment. Uh, most of it's automated, you know, in some way. Hydraulic, pneumatic, electronic. Somehow it's movable parts. Uh, manufacturing for all kinds of, you know, manufacturing industries. Different companies, you know, hire us to do custom equipment. So that's what it is. It was born in 2014. And it's an outgrowth of the old company, which was called Automated Solutions, or ASI, okay. in Knoxville. When did they open? Oh, I don't remember what the year was, but I know they were open for 25 years, so okay. do the math. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my husband, Chris, was one of the first ones in and one of the last ones out, so... So when ASI uh, closes doors, you guys, did you take the, the whole business or did you take portions of it or how did that work? Well, the, the uh, primary shareholder wanted to maintain the parts business. And what that is, the way that's described is, you know, you have all this big equipment out there in, you know, in various plants and facilities all over the country. And they'll have parts that break down or parts that need to be replaced for, you know, wear out or whatever. And so he kept that part of the business. But he didn't want to uh, build any more new big systems anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's where we stepped in and we said, well, we, we do. We want to build the big new equipment, you know. And so he's selling, and I mean, it's a diminishing business, and we all know that. Uh, as, you know, the old equipment wears out, it ultimately, you know, then there won't be any parts to sell. But, but that's okay, you know. Um, so we're building the big machines now, and we're actually building up a parts business of our own now. Right, right. So, okay, yeah. cool. Well, I should probably introduce myself. We, we got going here and we forgot. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, Jessica is the host and I am the co-host, at least for today. My name is Blake Schreckheis uh, with Cool Baker Premier Realty, the greatest real estate company ever. Uh, okay, so, a little plug there. But <laughs> to keep rolling, so you got started back in, I believe it was 2014. Right. And what do you see, just kind of skip forward, I guess, what do you see for the future of CAM? Well, um, right now, things are going big guns. I mean, we're, we, we're having one of the best years we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And we're already booked up for all of 2019, so we're really happy about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of our companies, a lot of our projects are, we live on, I tell people this all the time, we live on what's called CapEx money or capital expenditure money. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is that's money that companies can opt to spend or not to spend, mm -hmm. you know, depending upon... Uh, you know, if they want to upgrade their process, they want to upgrade their system somehow, if they want to, you know, improve their safety. But it's optional things sometimes, a lot of it, not all of it, but um, optional projects. So it's really like whenever they can do this, they'll do this. If not, you know, they can wait. So 
now nobody's waiting, so that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so everybody is, is reinvesting in companies and reinvesting in their products and their processes, and so we're happy to serve. Do you think there's a reason for that? Like, why is everybody now not waiting? I think it's the tax cuts. I really do. I think it's the loosening of regulatory things on small business and large business. And um, I think it's the tax breaks. I mean, a lot of companies are taking advantage of those tax breaks. Yeah. But that's good, so, though. You made a comment about even safety. And so it's nice right. to know that they're reinvesting into our safety. Yes, they are. We're the ones that have to work there. Well, for example, we had one company that just wanted us to come in and, and put new guarding on all their equipment, you know, which is that's not something that we do. So we couldn't do that. But that was a safety initiative that they were working on. We've done other things for that company, but... We told them, no, you're probably better off to have somebody local do that for you. They were in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's kind of a little bit far for us to go in and custom build a piece of guarding, right. you know. So that kind of dives into one of the misconceptions that manufacturing is unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any kind of comments to... Well, it's safer than you realize um, because... When you talk about manufacturing, you can talk about oh, such a wide variety of businesses and a wide variety of industries. You know, when I was um, teaching in a previous life, I was a lot of I was in a lot of manufacturing facilities, and some of them are cleaner than you know you might realize because they're processing food or they're process you know, yeah. so it's not dirty and it's not unsafe um, because they have to meet federal regulations and you know OSHA's our friend, supposedly. <laughs> um, it is. Um, and so, you know, there's guidelines that everybody has to meet. Once you get up to a certain size, you have to meet these guidelines. We just did an inspection the other day and threw away all of our extension cords. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can only use them so long and then they finally wear out. So yeah. so what have you done recently with Camique for your safety? I heard you improved it a little bit. Well, we actually got um, certified by a national, I I guess it's a national, I don't know if it's global yet or not. Um, I think it might be because they do a lot of work with the oil industry. You know, big companies like ExxonMobil are part of their network. Um, But we got certified with IS NetWorld is the name of the organization. And a huge part of that was their safety initiative, was the safety initiatives. You have to answer these big, long questionnaires and you had to uh, we had to do some improving on our safety manuals and our safety programs that we already had in place, and uh, but we had to beef them up, you know, right. of course, to meet the um, criteria for this certification. And um, as I can, I can proudly say right now that we have an A rating <laughs> with this IS NetWorld, and so we're very proud of that. Right. Do you feel like, because uh, I feel like maybe back in the day, these manufacturing plans, or, or really a lot of jobs in particular, safety was not a concern. I mean, I'm talking way back when. Right. Uh, do you right. feel more recently that the concern for safety is just getting pushed higher and higher in all these manufacturing? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I see that as a huge initiative right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, most... Of the companies that we work with, we have to supply documentation that yes, our employees are coming into your plant and they are trained. They have to carry identification cards with all the things that they're trained in. And if we're missing something, then they don't mind telling us that you know, well, you have all of this, but you don't have this. You know, so right. 
that's the other thing that drives, I think, that our safety program is what our customers expect. So, yeah, I'm seeing it everywhere we go. Yeah. I think uh, businesses are being a lot more conscious mm-hmm. all down the line, whereas before mm-hmm. maybe it was like, if you get the product to us, I don't really care how you've got the product. Right, right. It's not that way. Right, right. They want to know how you've got it now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. So, a lot more social responsibility in the world these days. <laughs> right. That's right. good. Yeah, that is. That's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're happy to comply. And... Um, even now, if I like, I'm working on a couple of new safety programs right now, and I will um, voluntarily call, contact my customers that expect these things that are very high on the safety ladder, and I will say, "Hey, we got a new one. Here's our certifications. Here's you know, so you can update our records and our standing yeah. as um, we improve and we grow and we add more things. Yeah. You don't always have to do everything. It depends on your industry. Depends on what you know what you're working with." Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we've done is we've tried to match, you know, the safety programs with the thing with the experiences that we're in the most. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. so how did you get into the industrial manufacturing <laughs> world? Like, where where did that? Like, did you just wake up and this was it, or like what? No, what was that it was story? a long road. It was yeah. a long and windy road. Um, of course, my husband's a mechanical engineer, and so he's been doing this forever and ever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he grew up with his family owned business. His, his mom and dad had their own business uh, in northern New York. And um, so, you know, that was his background. He was a mechanical engineer. And he and uh, our partner, Brad Hobbs, um, worked together in ASI. And even before that, when they first started working together, Brad wasn't even finished with college yet. So they've been together all that time, you yeah. know. Um, I bet they're a great team. Oh, yeah, they are. They really are. We work that long together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know each other. Yeah, it's like a marriage, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they offset each other very nicely. And then a lot of our employees came with uh, came with them when we started the new company from ASI. You know, we have a lot of the same folks. So they've all been together forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the newbie. I'm the new one in the in the picture because I had spent 30 years in the classroom, you know, in various places, like most recently at the University of the Ozarks and um, retired from there in 2017 and joined the team on a full-time basis that same year. So we had started the company in 2014. We I, I worked there part-time until the workload just became so much that I couldn't do it anymore. So that's when I finally hit. And I figured, you know, 30 years, that's a good milestone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I hated to leave my teaching position because I loved my students and I loved the university, always will. Um, but it was family business, and it was, it, luckily, thank you, Lord, it was growing to the point that I had to make a choice. Yeah. So. so you said you, you've been growing a lot recently. What, uh, I assume probably at the start you had a lot of business from ASI, you know, connections whatnot. How do you, with being kind of a, a, a manufacturing, it's not something you see on the front lines a lot. So how do you get more business? Like Most of it, honestly, is word of mouth. You know, we don't have to do a lot of marketing. Um, our industries, our main industries are the pipe and tube industry and uh, the steel industry. And of course, you know, both of those are going really strong right now. Mm-hmm. That's not the only thing. We also have a large constituency in the brick industry. So when housing does well, then we, we yeah. hear about it because then, you know, the, the demand for brick goes up. Right. So we have a lot of that. Um, we're fairly diversified, but those are our three major things, mm-hmm. you know. So um, within those industries, I mean, everybody knows everybody. And, of course, my husband, who's in charge of sales, mm-hmm. uh, has been talking to these guys forever and ever. And so they know each other. And 
Uh, we even had some people call us when we were thinking, when Chris and Brad and I were putting together our business plan and everything, some of the customers from ASI wanted to invest. <laughs> they wanted to invest because they have equipment out there and they wanted somebody to stay in business to service yeah. those that equipment. Yeah. So they were willing to, you know, invest in our company so that we would continue to yeah. keep going, you know. So yeah. that's awesome. We didn't, but it yeah. was nice to know that those folks that's were that support. were that loyal and right. That, right. You know. Do you guys foresee like taking in outside investors? No, or, never. Okay. Yeah, no, we already made that pledge forever yeah. and ever. Yeah, forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So another big misconception about manufacturing is the uh, how dirty how dirty it is. Yeah. Something you see a lot of? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I can't speak for everyone because, again, we do work with the steel industry. Mm -hmm. But we've also done things for Hanes right here in Clarksville, you know, putting Mm -hmm. pantyhose in a a package, Mm -hmm. you know. And, of course, that's not a dirty place. And Mm -hmm. so you see all kinds of environments. And, of course, safety goes along with cleanliness, you know. So Mm -hmm. those things go hand in hand. and so I don't see a lot of that. And of course, in the food industry, you can't have, you can't have that. To comment on that, the food industry. Last year with leadership, we went to Tyson, and it uh-huh. was just amazing how clean it was. Like, yeah. I went in thinking I'm probably not going to eat chicken again, and I'm definitely eating chicken. So I mean, it's yeah. just crazy, you know how it, it's amazing how clean it was. Like, right. Their whole body shoes beards and everything you have, to, you have to wear the hairnet you have to wear the bump cap you have to wear the ear protection you have to wear all that and covers on your shoes and you have to wear mm-hmm. closed-toed shoes and I mean it's all about those two things safety and cleanliness it yeah. really is I think a lot of people like a good rule of thumb is basically your house would never pass any inspections so anything, <laughs> right. you know right. it's probably a lot cleaner than what you're yeah, even I don't used want to. anybody coming into my kitchen but I, yeah. you know, I'll let them inspect everybody else's yeah. kitchen <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is kind of interesting. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about it. The um, another, I guess, a misconception is the minutia and the repetitiveness of being in a manufacturing job. And again, I know every place is different, but for you in particular, do you find that you have repetition at all? No, absolutely not. Of course, again, we're building custom equipment, mm-hmm. so every project that comes in the door is a different project. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't have any of that repetitive stuff. I have worked with a lot of companies that did have a repetitive process, and that's mass. That's mass production. What companies? You know, well, I spent a lot of time at Whirlpool and Fort Smith. That was one of my big ones. Uh, and sad to say, they're in Monterey, Mexico, and they didn't invite me to go, <laughs> or anybody else that worked there. <laughs> but um, anyway, they do have a repetitive. They did have a repetitive process. I think I told you guys the other day that they put out four forty two hundred refrigerators in a shift yeah. in a twenty four hour shift during its peak production when I was there. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Forty two hundred. Yeah, it's Just like where do all those guys go? You yeah, know? right. So, but for those again, my story is. It's not just about the process. It's not just about the, the what they're doing. You know, I mean, they all have their work cells and everybody's doing. But they're they're communicating. They're talking. They're working on special projects. They're looking at safety. They're looking at you know new product development. They they'll pull people off the line and put them in special teams, or we did then. You know, and I'm sure they do that still. You know, where they're developing new products, and we had a one business unit called Innovative Products Business Unit (IPBU), and they just did all kinds of cool things. You know, in that business, in that business unit. So, so. for those who are doing the repetitive and, so to say, not simulate stimulating, you know, process, how mm-hmm. do you keep the morale up? 
Well, again, it's about the environment that they're working in. You know, um, if they know that what they do is valued, if they know that you know what they're that the company cares for them and keeps them safe and all those things. Um, I know at Whirlpool they had a really great morale, even though it was a union facility too. By the way, um, they had really good morale the whole time I was there. You know, and I was there sixteen years, I guess. You know, doing so all kinds of. When you training. were at these other, so you were training while you were a uh, professor uh-huh. as well. What got uh-huh. you started training manufacturing? I mean, it seems to really fit in well with what you do now. Yeah, doesn't got, it though? Yeah. I mean, thank goodness I had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was hired on as an industry trainer at, at um, what used to be West Art College, okay, okay? Um, University of Arkansas, Fort Smith, and they had a special department that was just industry trainers and that's what our primary job was was to go out in industry and you know Fort Smith is you know full of heavy industry and so we spent all of our time out there Mm -hmm. we also taught on campus if we wanted to which I did Mm -hmm. Um, but we you know our primary concern was there did you have previous experience doing that or that was a job you picked up and okay no I did (laughs) and uh, I remember the first time I went to Whirlpool I was carrying a bunch of laptops on a on a luggage cart mm-hmm. and I pulled up there in my car and I pulled that luggage cart out in my car and dumped six laptops right there on the oh, sidewalk. Oh, I was man. like, oh great, this is a great way to start it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, those those folks and the people in the other plants became your friends and you know I still stay in touch with them and um, you know and it wasn't just Whirlpool, it was a lot of other companies as well. But um, there's just some very endearing memories of those days, and I learned so much. They called me the teacher, but I don't know who was teaching me. You know, <laughs> right? So, so it kind of seems like I guess in a lot of life that you end up in places by luck or whatever it may be. But you're mm-hmm. you're where you're at, you are now, and is it somewhere that you would want to go anywhere else, or do you do you love oh, what no, you do, or how do you no, feel? No, I'm all done. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes a difference when it's your own. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does. Um, you know, years ago, we thought about maybe retiring early or doing, you know, this and that. And now it's like, why? You know, yeah. we're having fun doing what yeah. we're doing and mm-hmm. doing what we love. So, you know. Hard to let go of that. Yeah, yeah it is. It's hard to let go. <laughs> right. It's, it's really... So what would you say for people wanting to go into business of any sort um, for a time frame of when they should even start thinking about it? And B, what are the perks if they do decide to go that way? Maybe some of the downsides. <laughs> okay, goods and bads about yeah. having your own. First of all, um, we always wanted to have our own business, but we didn't know what. I mean, this was from back when we were young, you know, and uh, we never thought, we never knew what it would be. At one time, we thought we'd open up a bike shop, you know, a motorcycle <laughs> shop, but that didn't seem to be in our future. But anyway, um, we always wanted to do something, you know, we just didn't know what. And, um, now that it's actually here, now that we're actually living this life, there's the good sides and the downsides. Of course, we work together, you know, so it's always work, you know. You you have to make a conscious decision to not talk about work and not get involved in work and, you know, things like that. Um, I would not recommend working with your spouse until you know it's actually going to work out for the two of you. (laughs) You know. So what are, just a real quick uh, insert, what are some things that you actively do to make a working, living life with a spouse like work? Um, (laughs) Well, let me think. We get out of town a lot. (laughs) Separately or together? Um, Yeah, no, together, believe it or not. Um, Actually, in some ways, I think it's actually brought us closer together Mm -hmm. because we have so much more in common to talk about, you know? And um, 
I've gotten a new respect for what he does, and I think he's gotten a new respect for my part. You know, but, but I don't think before maybe they didn't always respect, you know, what other parts of the business were. Engineers or, you know, folks like that, they get hyper-focused on just their part, right? Mm-hmm. They don't see the bigger picture. Well, now, you know, I think my husband and our partner sees the bigger picture because that's our business, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, that's what I taught was the big picture. Right. So, you know, it's kind of worked, worked out for all of us in that way. We've all learned so much and we've learned how to work together and we've learned how to you know work through even conflict and things like that it's not perfect mm-hmm. you know there are things that we don't agree on and things like that but it's when you're seasoned and I'm saying that instead of saying old <laughs> <laughs> um, you know you you figure out how to how to work those things you just say so, wise yeah there you go wise yeah. um, we have no cameras here you can be any age <laughs> you want to be right now uh, there's too many people that know how <laughs> but um you know the, I think that the good things are that it is yours and that you take a lot of pride in what you do. The downside is you never get it out of your brain. Yeah. It's always it's there. Dimension. You're always thinking about it. You're always thinking about you know what happens next or what's going to happen next or where's the next job coming from or what we need to do better or you know there's all this all this conversation going in your head all the time and it's hard to turn that off. Do you think it's more on your side than it is your husband or do you think he thinks about it just as No, much? I think we're I think all three of us, Brad and Chris all and I are all infected with the same brain waves yeah. going around all the time, you know. It's just it's just that, you know. That's How that's long have you been how, married? How long have we been married? Mm-hmm. This Christmas will be 42 years. Yeah, so, go. I think we're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad and Dana are in a long, long also so yeah Brad and his wife so I think that helps us Mm -hmm. so I would not recommend going into business when you're young for that reason but also on a more professional side you need to know what you're doing you need to know you need to have that experience of working for someone else and sitting back and watching you know in that industry I always told my students if you want to start your own business go to work in that industry Mm -hmm. go to work in the lowest job you can find in that industry. If you want to open up your own restaurant, start by washing dishes. Yes. You know, learn it from the bottom up. Yeah. I bet you'd pay them a lot more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's one thing. But then the other thing is, you know that business intimately, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and you're learning it on someone else's dime, not your own, where you had to go and borrow a bunch of money and then maybe it doesn't and then work. And those or, mistakes. Right. Costly. You don't want to make your mistakes on your dime. Make it on somebody else's when you're learning, you know? I think it's pretty, ro- it's a, like, a romantic idea, especially nowadays, to be the entrepreneur, which I don't right. even know like 20 years ago if anybody used the word entrepreneur that much yeah. but now it's like getting used all the time and a lot of times I think people think it's greater than it is so like going to a restaurant I had a, a lady who wanted to be a chiropractor which is a lot of owning your own business there mm-hmm. went one day to job shadow and she was in college for like a year or two with this goal and then job shadowed for one day and did not like it at Changed all. Changed your mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. real experience is very important, I think. Yes, it yeah. is. It and is. Can, anyways. But and the, I, would, I would highly recommend, even when you're in college, doing internships and things like that in those industries to make sure that that's exactly what you want to do because it, there's nothing more sad to me than getting all the way through school yeah, and being in the wrong out. world, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but I wouldn't even recommend it until you you're old enough, you know, we, we were very fortunate in the fact that all of our children were raised, you know, we didn't have young mouths to feed or things like were distractions about raising children, mm-hmm. you know, so all of our kids were, 
doing fine and, you know, self-supporting on their own kind yeah. of things, you know. So, I mean, if we if it didn't work for us, we could just retire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have anything really to lose. You know, I would recommend starting younger if you can. Yeah. But I'm not sorry it hit us at this age. I'm happy yeah. that it hit us at this age because we were kind of risk-averse about it to begin with. And I think that this situation, the way it worked itself out, helped the us. Minimal. Yeah, it helped us, you know, handle the risk mm-hmm. a lot more, you know. Well, let's move into the next segment, I guess you'd say, is the um, trades. So we've been seeing a lot about trade work, and uh, trade work goes hand-in-hand, hand, I think, with manufacturing quite a right. bit. Um, it is, I think it's having a resurgence, maybe, in America. And what... I guess, what are your thoughts on that, about trade in America? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to see it because it's very hard for us to find people to work in our shop that are Mm multi-talented. And, you know, as long as we're talking about the trades, let me just say out there, too, that that is just as important and just as challenging as anybody going to college. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just in a different way. It's just a completely different track. And um, I'm really proud of Dr. Hopkins and all of his group out Mm -hmm. here at the Clarksville High School for being so... Uh, futuristic and planning for this because mm-hmm. they're building the new trade center at the high school and I think that's going to be great. It's going to be great practice and great experience for those kids coming. You know, they're all the, already starting, you know, even in ninth and 10th grade, they can start getting their education in those trade areas. And the trade areas are important. I mean, they get paid as much sometimes yeah. as those of us with college degrees, you yeah. know. And that addresses so. the whole low-paying manufacturing jobs. Too. Right. Yeah, that's not it. That's a myth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a myth. Um, I think we were talking the other day about um, welders. Yes. And um, my husband shared a, an ad that he, see, that he saw about uh, welders where they were pipe welding. And they're making six figures, 20-year-old kids making six-figure incomes if they can Goodness. pipe weld. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially even if they're underwater pipe welders, you know, mm-hmm. like in the Gulf Coast and some of those places. And that's a regular thing. That's what a lot of people, yeah. like, you see this stuff like, here's how to trade on the stock market and become a millionaire kind of thing. But, like, the reality is, and again, to give some backstories, my brother's a welder up on the North Slope in Alaska. And that's very much a reality. Yeah. And it's yeah. everybody up there, if you work, you're going to make, you can make six figures easy kind of deal. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it's hard work, but you know, it is hard work. possible to do. So hard. very possible. But. but how cool to be diving underwater and doing that too. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, and getting paid like that. Right. You know, so. right. so I think a lot of people see, um, I guess everyone's being educated, but let's say college, it's almost like this opposites. Do you Mm -hmm. see college versus trades as an opposite or are they complementary or how do you view them? Well, my husband has both. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can't tell you where one ends and the other picks up on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I think that he's very lucky that he has that combination, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think that earns him that respect, you know, in, in what we're doing. But it also, you know, we, we never call a repairman or anything at our house, <laughs> you know, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but I think that back in, back when I was in school, there were a lot of school districts in the, in the, in the country mm-hmm. that had like um, mm-hmm. trades that, or tracks that you could pick from. You know, you were either college bound or you were trade school bound. Mm-hmm. And there's some advantages to that because you get a start on it. My nephew that graduated from Mulberry High School graduated with as a certified welder. You know, so some schools in the area are still doing things like that. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's some kind of combination of that that might be might be really good because I don't think it's all just about the trades mm-hmm. or all just about college. I think that there's some overlaps mm-hmm. there, you know, like your English skills and your writing skills and math skills, you know, students still have to learn how to do fractions. If they're going to if they're going to work, you know, with rulers and measuring instruments and devices, mm-hmm. they still have to have those basic skills. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I think that Dr. Hopkins has already included a lot of that in their proposed curriculum over there. I think they're doing, even resume writing and you know things like that, I think they're including. So I think that's cool. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. So to answer your question, I don't think they're opposites. I think they're complementary. Mm-hmm. And the more of both you can get, I think the better off you are. Great. I think too, like by having your own trade, a lot of people will start their own business or company. So you need to kind mm-hmm. of know how to manage business and to have those leadership mm-hmm. and business skills. Yeah, it's not just about the trade. Mm-hmm. Even you could be very I've known people that were very good at some skill that, you know, went bankrupt because they didn't know how to run a business. Yeah, there's you know? a so yeah, there's, there's a line. <laughs> there's a line there that you can you need to have both. Mm-hmm. And I would take, you know, even folks that are wanting to have like a welding company or a construction company or something like that that use the trades to take some business classes. There's my plug for U of O, you know? <laughs> um, take some business classes, you know. Um, you still need to know how to run that business. And even then, I was thinking about this recently. There's a few classes that I'm really interested in, and I already have my degree, but maybe I can just go back to that class. Sure. You know what I mean? I want the skill is what I'm trying to get, so yeah. I don't necessarily need the stamp of approval that I did yeah. it. I just yeah. want to learn it. One of the things that I would recommend is for any kind of student you know, that's looking at starting their own business is to take some accounting. Mm-hmm. Take some accounting classes so that you understand... Not to say that you have to do the accounting, but you yeah. have to understand it enough to talk to your accountant. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> do you see, and maybe this is kind of a broad question, but a more, and you see it in other industries, let's say like t- cable TV, mm-hmm. um, where they're moving more towards an a la carte kind of setup. So instead of having 400 channels, you watch three, instead of getting all these classes and you get the degree, you know, is mm-hmm. you think that universities and colleges are going to start moving more towards that kind of pick yeah. what you need and get out of there and have some, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that would classify as a degree. Right. You know, but um, I know at University of Arkansas in Fort Smith, we had a very robust continuing education program, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm thinking that they probably still do. So I think you could, and I know um, Arkansas Tech has a lot of small business classes, you know, that you can take. Um, so I think that if you're thinking about starting your own business, even if you're out of school, you know, some of those avenues might be helpful. For sure. Um, Addressing another myth um, or misconception about manufacturing was that with technology coming in, so everyone thinks technology is going to replace us. They're going to take our jobs. (laughs) So do you have any kind of comments to make on that myth or misconception? Well, I'll tell you a story um, that my husband told me one time years ago. They had a company, they had a contract with a company here in Arkansas. And they were putting in a lot about heavy automation, you know, and things. And um, this big, tall, burly-looking guy came up to my husband, and he goes, are you the guy that's going to put me out of a job because I'm being replaced with machines, you know? And my husband just looked up at him like this and said, well, I'm the guy that's going to give you new opportunities. (laughs) And that particular plant, they did give him new opportunities. They did not let anybody go, even though they had a workforce reduction in that particular area where they replaced a lot of things with automation. But they they located him someplace else. They did not let anybody else go because of automation. So, And technology is, is... there, but I think technology is a way to free us up as humans to use what 
God gave us, you know, mm-hmm. the creativity part, you know, is kind of hard to replicate in a machine. Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, it's better to put those, that automated material, automated equipment in there for things that are repetitive, things that, you know, that you don't have to have. I mean, things that you can write an algorithm and say, do this. If this happens, then do that. If this happens, then do that. That's easy to program. We do it all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but that's not the creative process that, comes up with the robots or the automation or the things that we use you know so that just frees us up to do the creative part yeah i think a lot of people they're they're worried about it but then they also it's it's taking the jobs that they don't really want anyways and that's probably the the biggest like disconnect is like we don't really want to do these jobs well let's you know let's move to a higher plane right (laughs) yeah and 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 that gives you that new opportunity right you know a lot of things machines actually work better they can put pieces together and drop them in little holes and things like that much more accurately than a human can Mm -hmm. so let them do what they do best and that leaves us to do what we do best Mm -hmm. so and I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier with the morale. <laughs> you don't right. have to worry about it. <laughs> right. You don't have to worry as about much, that. As much. It's still important. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, again, with automation, nobody has to, you know, take breaks. and They don't have to, you know, have vacations or sick leave or things like that. <laughs> Leave those monotonous things to the monotonous machines that do it. Yeah. Well, I think in the broader scheme of things, too, if you're looking at the products that are being made, and, like, a lot of your products aren't going to consumers, but right. the other ones, the prices start to go lower if you can automate things right. and have these right. machines do it and uh, if you can get the same quality for less and less you're you know hopefully your dollar will go right. further <laughs> well and i always tell people if you walk into a plant and you see all these big machines that make things we make the machines that make other things mm-hmm. you know and so again the Who price makes your machines yeah <laughs> yeah well but um when you were talking about cost those things that are being made in those particular plants, you know, they don't have a lot of overhead in those pro- in those products. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's not the kinds of products that you would build huge overheads into. Those are, you know, bare bones overheads. You know, just cost plus, you know, things. So yeah, the bet the more you can save money, the better off you are as a company, as our customers. Right. You know, so um, the industries where you find the larger overheads are the ones that are more you know, labor intensive, the ones that are more human intervention, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're paying for us as workers, right? Mm -hmm. Not machines to do the work. So what was your favorite project that you've worked on? Oh, since we started this project? Probably the one that filled up the entire shop. It was huge. And we're getting ready to do another one that's actually going to be bigger. So I think my favorite project is on the horizon, you know, because it's even bigger. But it's just so incredible to see, you know, that much going on in a system. This machine that we built was, um, well, actually for a company up in Pennsylvania. And it had like five different workstations. And we're building, we're processing pipe from one inch pipe to four inch diameter pipe and it was actually being threaded and and you know cut to length and threaded and you know capped on one end and bundled into a what's called a hex bundle you can imagine what that is right (laughs) three four three um those kinds of those kinds of bundles and then you know coming out the end you know to be you've seen all these flatbed trucks on the interstate that's got you know these hex bundles of pipes well we put that strap on there we did everything Mm-hmm. You know, and to see it from start to finish was really fascinating to me because I'd never seen one from start to finish that was yeah. that big. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and that one, like I said, had about five different workstations where we're cutting, we're welding, we're threading, we're doing all these different, you know, processes to these pipes, you know, so it was very fascinating. Good. It was a huge, it took us 17 trucks, I think, to ship that out. Right. So it was big. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned Pennsylvania. Uh, where else are you doing projects for? What other oh, companies? Oh, everywhere. I just sent an invoice yes, just this morning to Irvine, California. So um, we're do we're, and that was not a pipe company, by the way. That was a completely different industry. So, I mean, it's just so variety. You know, How such do they variety. find you? Hmm? How do they find you? Again, it's just word of mouth in the industry, people that know people. And, you know, here's the thing you got to remember is that maybe I knew you in this job, but now I've changed jobs and I'm over here, so I'm going to pull from my resources that I had at the old job and, you know, bring them with me. So it's that kind of networking. I I cannot overestimate the value of a network, you know, because that's what we had. That's all we had, really, starting this business was our network. How do you, how do you maintain your network? Um, lots of conversations, lots of visits, Yeah, you know, um, checking in, um, again, our sales group is really good at checking in with folks and, and, um, if they, if they're in, they're in, for example, if, if one of them's in Dallas and they've met with this one company and they got a little time before their flight, they'll go find somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that very often, but we do do that some. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we have two projects going on now in Casa Grande, Arizona, we have another one in Elkhart, Indiana. We have, they're all over the country. Yeah. Our first job, I like to brag, that it was, um, we're a multinational, our very first job out of the shoot, because it was in Harrow, Canada, which is like right across the border. <laughs> so it's not really, you know, all that far. It's not yeah. like, you know, that glorious, but we can at least yeah. count it, you know. So, and those little, those little milestones keep you going, you know. So have you ever found, um, an- I guess I just asked this because you're a guy's out of Knoxville and it's a little bit surprising. So you had the job you said in Florida that the job was too small to actually make it worth the time. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever have jobs that are just way too big for you guys to handle? Oh, or? yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 we do because, you know, our shop is only so big mm-hmm. and we actually had to turn one down not too long ago because it was going to be real tall. Mm-hmm. And we've actually talked about in the future we need to add another bay onto the back of our building that's going to be really, really, really tall. Well, how tall are so, we talking? How tall are you? Gosh, you go I don't now? Know. Yeah, <laughs> but I know that one of the one of the engineers was saying, "Well, if we do this project, we're going to have to build it laying down." Oh man! You know, because it was. I mean, we could put it in there long ways, you know, laying down, but you can't really test one, mm-hmm. you know, with it horizontal yeah. when it's supposed to be driven vertically. So, yeah. so we had to say no to no thanks to that one. But how, it, how, it hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how often do things not work like you expect them to? I imagine there's a lot, like, because you're building something different literally every time, oh, it sounds like. Well, so. yeah, and we're a think tank in the process of every single, every single job has something that you didn't plan. Right. You know. Um, it's like building a new different car every single time. You right, know, like, you know. Right. <laughs> something is always going to be what you didn't plan on. You know? Right. I'll give you an example. One of the first jobs that we did was using um, cable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it's great big cable. And well, in fact, it's like that cable that they use on the interstate on the what used to be okay. guardrails yeah, yeah. is now cables. Mm-hmm. Well, we built the machine that puts the eye bolt on the end of that. Oh, so every cool. time you see those cables, you'll know that it was Cam that oh, built that machine. It's called awesome. a swedger machine. Yeah. That puts that. Well, who um, names these things? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but they come up with some of the weirdest names. I don't know where they come up with them. 
But anyway, one of the things that we didn't count on on the previous job that we did for that company was we were building a thing that was going to process their wire and cut it to certain lengths and and um, weld the end so it didn't fray. Mm-hmm. And they were going to put something else on it, you know, at the end anyway, and they were going to use it like a bolt. So to pin uh, mines, hangings in the mines. Didn't count on the memory that the wire would have from being on a spool. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so we had yeah. to do something different to hold it down while, you did that. while we did that yeah. because it was coming off of a big spool and it was, you know how, think about yeah. wire wanting it's, to, yeah. you know, so we had to straighten especially, it out. Yeah. You know? Especially that thick wire. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, we knew there'd be some, but we had no idea how strong this wire really was. And so we had to do some experimentation. We got it worked out pretty quick, but I mean, that's just a good example of something you don't think about or something that you don't count on being an issue and there's something like that all the time that's what part that's what makes it fun yeah have you ever had a job that sorry just good have you ever had a job that you uh just couldn't get done or had just a heck of a time or have you always got it to the finish line I don't think we've had that yet. That's good. I can't say that that might yeah. not happen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it'd be pretty gut wrenching in the process. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, we, you yeah. know. <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, so far we've been very very fortunate. We've been very lucky. Yeah. And these guys, you got to remember these guys that I work with. I'm going to brag on them a little bit because they're just pros. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm the newbie that doesn't know anything, but they are pros. They mm-hmm. know exactly what they're doing, and um, it's fun to watch that creative process. You know, you mm-hmm. go walk into engineering. And nobody's talking. And they're just sitting there. They may be looking off into space or looking down at the ground or whatever, but you can almost feel the, the yeah. gears turning, you know. And then all of a sudden, they all start talking at once, and it's like, okay, we got it, you know. Yeah. It's just really fun to watch them work. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, and this may be a strange question, but is there a way that you can anticipate for what you don't plan? Um, well, they try. <laughs> you try to anticipate as much as you can, you know. But I don't know that you would ever come up. There are so many moving parts to these to these yeah. machines. You know, um, I know sometimes we've had to go to a stronger this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the tensile, the strength that you know that's required to to do whatever the job is. You know, we've had to go to a stronger one. But um, I don't know that we've ever gone to a weaker one. You yeah. Know, a weaker <laughs> yeah. Because we built some pretty heavy duty stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, how long does a build take? I'm sure it varies, but... It does. It varies. Um, we just cleaned out the shop. We just shipped about three jobs last week, week before last and last week, that had been in there um, about three months. Okay. Yeah. You know, but that those were, small, those were small jobs for oh, us. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, because okay. we've got one that's going to last over a year. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's coming up soon. You know what they should do? I, I watch a lot of these reality TV shows, and they need to get a crew in there. And, <laughs> you know, and they'll have that scene of everyone just completely silent, like, what are they doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know the gears yeah. turning, thinking, you know, how to make this yeah. work. But. Well, what I want to do is we've got, a, we've got a lift truck, you know, a scissor lift truck. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is on this big job that's coming up, I want to start taking pictures from the same spot yeah. about once a month or once every yeah, two yeah. or three weeks, you know, and watch how it builds how up. Builds. Yeah. yeah I want to, I really yeah, want to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, great marketing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm the resident photographer. I'm not always there yeah. when they're taking pictures, but I try to get pictures of everything we've done. You know? Oh, that'd be awesome. So yeah, yeah do a time lapse of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like to see it at least. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe you can help me put it together. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Seriously. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool. 
Okay. Well, do you get to, or um, anybody at the job, do you do a lot of travel? Sounds like the salespeople probably do. They do. And then like right now, our shop is pretty empty because of all those projects that we just shipped out. They all went with a crew. Mm -hmm. So everybody's gone right now except for one guy in our shop. So they've gone on installs. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're installing equipment right now in um, North Carolina, uh, Houston, Texas. Did they have any trouble with the hurricane? No, okay. no. We wondered about. Well, I can't. I can't say for sure, but they, the customer was supposed to come over that week to see the final runoff and everything, and it was the week that the hurricane hit. So they said, "You know what, guys, we're not coming. Oh, Just yeah. send it. You know, yeah. we'll test it over here." So that's what we did. Gotcha. So, but we had trucks on the way to that area. Yeah. As the hurricane was going, yeah. you know, we yeah. were like, drive slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, and so they just didn't come, you know. But So it sounds like, so you've got people who are building these things, installing these things. The amount of, the variety of work that they're doing sounds pretty yeah, pretty it's, broad. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. That's why it's hard to hire folks, I mm-hmm. think, because... They have to be so skilled on so many different things. They can't just be a welder. They can't just be an assembler. They can't just be mechanical. They can't just be this or that. They have to know how to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they have to be willing to travel and able to travel and work in multiple environments and, you know. So do you do muscle hiring? Yeah. Well, it's a team effort. Okay. It's a team effort. But you're in the process. So what would you say to someone getting to a trade manufacturing job, because uh, even like if they were, let's say you're going to come work for you, what would they need? Barring skills. So whatever they, depending on what skills they want, they can collect those. But as a person, what kind of traits do you look for? Well, I think they have to have some kind of conceptual skills. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be able to, um, and that's not a, that's not a hands-on tool. Mm-hmm. What that is, is that's a visualization tool, mm-hmm. you know, where they can kind of think through a piece of equipment that's not made yet, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they can kind of see it work and they can kind of, you know, figure out, you know, where the, where the troubleshooting might need to happen and things like, or if there's something wrong, where it is, you know, so those conceptual skills are really important, you know, for that. Okay. Barring that, uh, as a person, mm-hmm. they need to be a team player. They need to be able to communicate effectively, even that, you know, our guys in the shop, they don't have to do a lot of writing or anything like that, but they still have to be able to communicate effectively and take and give directions. Nobody is really the one, the one and only one that gives directions all the time. It's a team, you know, so maybe this person is in charge of this particular part of the process and this person's in charge of something else. And so they have to be able to, everybody has to be able to work together because every project has a different lead, mm-hmm. a different lead person, depending upon what the project does. You know, so you have to be able to work with everybody. And um, if one person is a problem, I mean, that's the one bad apple, you know, and it really does spoil kind of the whole pot. Mm -hmm. So especially as small as we are, we only have 11 people. So, you know, that one person that doesn't get along well is going to really show. Luckily for us, we've not had that problem. She's knocking uh, on her head. Yeah, knocking on my head, you know, (laughs) knock on wood kind of thing. Uh, We haven't had that problem, but I I see the value of it every day. The fact that we can all kind of work together and, you know, communicate well. Society is moving more towards that because it's not just with this, like, I mean, restaurants and all these other 
Mm -hmm. It's all about communication and teamwork. Mm -hmm. and, uh, well, I think the management styles are changing. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in my academic career studying management styles because that was my area, was management. And um, you're, the command control style is gone. You know, um, you just... you. It's, it's foolish to think that any one person in any environment is going to have all the answers. And I think that's probably fed into this whole idea of, you know, the command and control's got to go. You know, because everybody's got different, different bodies of knowledge and different talents and skills and knowledge and abilities. And so if you don't take advantage of that, then you're just then you're, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so not any one person can be the boss and know everything anymore. There's too much information out there to know everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's best to share that and share the, share the load, share the responsibility. So I guess to, to kind of almost wrap up here, unless Jessica's got questions, <laughs> um, if somebody wants to move into a trade or manufacturing career, mm -hmm. where would you send them to start? What would be the first step? Um, are they out of high school yet? Let's say they're just graduating high school and they have no skills at all. That they decided they want to do something in the trades, though. I would send them right back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I would send them to um, some area school that sh that teaches those. UFAS has a pretty good program. Tulsa Welding School is not far. You know, there's a lot of places around Russellville area has some, but you know, go to those schools and get that certification. Uh, when we were living in New York, my husband was a student in a four-year apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was by the state you know, vocational education system in the state of New York, you know, so I'm sure there's something like that in the state of Arkansas, and I would mm -hmm. recommend that they go straight to that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because most of those trade schools, too, are so good at, you know, teaching that plus some. They're also teaching the math. They're also teaching the English. They're all, I've worked in those some of those schools, and they're very good at, you know, bringing folks out with a, with a well-rounded approach at their trade. You know, the one in Ozark used to teach a lot of that. I don't know if they're still... I think they still are mm -hmm. um, teaching a lot of that. I know they have a good electronics program and they have a good heat and air program and mm -hmm. things like that that are just... And they they still have to take the math and the English and all yeah. those things that, you know, help complement that. Yeah. So... Cool. That's where I would send them. I would send them to some other school. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but you're not through. <laughs> you know, high school is just the beginning. Uh, yeah, one, one more thing real quick before we close up. So um, this is actually the second time that we've done this with Cynthia. So I want to say thank you for coming back. <laughs> and for that, if you for answering all our questions time and time again, if you want to tell everybody if they're interested in, uh, let's say there's a business out there that needs your services, where is the best place to find you? Well, one of the best and easiest places is just go to our website. You know, it's www.ca-mfg.com. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not, I mean, there's some basic information there, but you can at least see the kinds of projects that we've done and see the kinds of areas that we work in the best. Mm -hmm. Our great phone number <laughs> is 479-885-5555. <laughs> so, and that's usually the best way to get a hold of us, reach, you know, or, you know, just call the office. Great. So... All right. Thank you, Blake, for helping me co-host. And thank you, Cindy, for <laughs> joining us on the show. Last thing before we wrap up, a piece of advice that you'd give to an entrepreneur, to even just a, a normal person, nobody. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think I told you the first time, and I'll say it again. 
you know, whenever I've been nervous or anticipating something, you know, that I was a little bit nervous or wary about, I always told myself this in my head and it just seemed to always carry me through. And that's just say the phrase over and over in your head. It's going to be great. Whatever it is that you're about to embark upon, it's going to be great. It's going to be that great decision that you made that you're always, you know, don't ever look back. You know, always look forward and whatever you're doing, it's going to be great. And just tell you, that gives you the confidence to, to approach something that you might not have all the confidence that you need to go in, but that helps bump you up that one extra step. So whatever you're doing, it's going to be great. All right. <laughs> Sounds like it. All right. Thank you. And thanks for joining us. This is Know Your Roots.